0: Hey, family. Welcome back to Conspiracy Slayage with your girl, Nicole, and my new co-host, Jasmine, my puppy, my (laughs) Yorkie-poo. She's very clingy and wants some love. So if you see a little head popping up where she's chilling here the entire time. Just know it's all good (laughs) today we are going to talk about being unapologetically made in god's image so we're going to pretty much lay down the foundation of how to be yourself in christ pretty much discovering who you were always intended to be. Before we get into it, I do want to let you all know if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by becoming a monthly supporter on Anchor slash Conspiracy Slage. I will link that down below, as well as you can also donate to Venmo. That will also be linked down below. And if you'd like to shop any of my products, you could shop at Roots and Faith, dot com where i sell handmade anointing oil incense and new to the shop is blessed body butter everything is made with organic and natural ingredients prayed over and anointed and y'all i don't mean to toot my horn but everything is absolutely fantastic so feel free to support your girl and if you can't financially so right now or you just feel led to support in a different way you can always just subscribe hit that like button and share this with someone who needs to hear this message yeah so let's get right into it come on in Christ who you were always intended to be now I want to start off with Psalm 139 verses 13 through 18 and it goes for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful I know that full well with you, how absolutely beautiful is that, David? You know, he just kills it in Psalms, <laughs> like, and Psalms one thirty nine is one of those that you will hear often. And I remember the first time I heard that Psalm, I discovered parts of me that I never even knew. You know, we think of God and we think that God is is so big and we're so small. He doesn't care about us. He doesn't know us. He doesn't care about our problems. He doesn't care about the things that we go through, or at least that's the lies of the enemy that he plants that in us so we can grow more and more apart from God. And and he tries to make us believe that God doesn't care about us. God doesn't know us. God God wants nothing to do with us and vice versa. You know, letting go of everything the world has told you to be is the hardest thing but once you come to Christ and you start to realize who God always intended you to be it's like you're ready to let go of that old person once you start understanding who Christ always intended you to be it's time to let go of everything the world has told you to be a lot of people don't realize that the devil has been working on your false identity since the second you came out of the womb where the Lord knit you together fearfully and wonderfully made. That's something to never forget that the enemy has been trying to manipulate you into believing that you're something else that the Lord has already implanted into your soul, into your spirit. We come into this world with a brand new slate, pretty much forgetting everything that you and the Lord had together. Because you did have a relationship with God before you came to this earth, He knew you, He made you, you know. But once you come into this earth, everything is forgotten, and the enemy is working against you until you take your last breath, and it's a fight for your soul, you know, and that we have free will. God doesn't want us to to follow him willy nilly and be the person he wants us to be because he wants us to be that person. He gives us the option to become the person he always intended us to be and, and walk from glory to glory as opposed to the enemy who sets traps and people in your life to take you away from God and to steer you away from the path that God always intended you to be on. Like I just said, the devil uses people in your life to sow his identity into you slowly through experiences, through media, through music, through friends, even family members, y'all. Living in the world is not easy, especially if you aren't raised to follow Christ daily. It's really a struggle. It's a war out here. The moment you come out of your mother's womb, the enemy is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Like Even in the womb, the enemy was trying to steal, kill, and destroy. We see that happening today with the crazy number of abortions that have been going on since abortion was legalized. I think the number is 60 million babies have been aborted worldwide since abortion has been legal that's an entire generation or generations of people that were murdered in the womb and it's so unfortunate just something to think about like the enemy's really out here to steal kill and destroy i could share a little bit of my testimony um talking about that my mom found out when I was in her womb that I had an illness the doctor tried to tell her like hey you can abort her praise the lord thank you jesus my mom decided to keep me and here i am today talking to y'all you know so the enemy tried to come for me in the womb the enemy tried to come for me through trying to kill me as a baby chronic illness and things like that but the lord's hand was on me and i'm sure that so many of you have testimonies like this as well and i also did not come from a perfect family if anything i came from the complete opposite my family was so broken y'all i did go to church as a child but as i grew up i just kind of like whatever it just wasn't a big thing as a kid like my aunt would take us to sunday school um just so we could do our first communion and after that like i did not go into a church unless i really needed to or i kind of wanted to which was maybe like a handful of times you know but uh it's just crazy because when the few times that i did go to church i did go to Holy spirit filled churches. I just didn't believe it. Like I went, I remember I went to a church that they were seeing miracles. There was deliverance and I, I, it, the Holy spirit revealed to me that I did get deliverance once upon a time. And I just ran back to my sin, you know? So it's just so crazy, but going back to my childhood, um, you know, there was no form of holiness in my life. Let me just say that my family was da they're a whole dub, but we're praying for them in the mighty name of Jesus. (laughs) You know, um, there was always cursing around, there was always alcohol and drug abuse, you know, um, as for me, I share this openly. I finally came out of a 10 plus year marijuana addiction. Um, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I've been sober for eight months now. May 1st will be a year since I, um, got deliverance and was um broke that addiction off of my life in the mighty name of Jesus. I don't drink. It's been well over a year since I've had an alcoholic beverage. Sexual immorality um, molestation and lust ran rampant in my family there's a lot of uh sexual abuse that um has happened in my in my bloodline so that was definitely trying to creep into my life as well which i have been raped um when i was 16 years old and also i was super lustful i was exposed to pornography as a really young kid and that literally destroyed my mind up until about two years ago when i stopped watching Pornography and um yeah it it's been a roller coaster y'all and then on top of that your girl has always been into well I was I'm not anymore praise the Lord but I was always into witchcraft watching scary movies ghost shows and all that stuff I've gotten my palms read multiple times um tarot card readings I also did tarot cards tarot cards myself as well as uh you know the crystals the ascension the meditation the chakras and all that garbage as well as horoscopes you know so i was in that world y'all and there was a lot of depression i suffered with depression for well over 10 years um you know by the grace of god i was delivered by that as well anger rage unforgiveness um you know no submission i never saw a submission in my family you know my mom was always like the one controlling everything so everything was so backwards in my life me like so many other people i can only imagine Never had a clear vision of what it is to live in a healthy Christ based God in the center of the family family you feel me like there was no submission in the home um you know and I was super rebellious super rebellious y'all to my to my parents and I would always be in a relationship with uh different men I would sleep around because I was looking for love in all the wrong places come to find out that the love that I was looking for was the love of my heavenly father the love of Jesus Christ. I hated my life. I hated it. I just felt this huge gaping hole in my soul that I just could not fill. It didn't matter how much I drank, how much weed I smoked, how much sex I had, how much porn porn I watched. And like all of that stuff was so very temporary that I was so freaking depressed. It was like I was suicidal. I was suicidal at many points in my life because I just could not deal with this gaping hole in my soul. Like what is missing? What is gonna fill this hole? And in the midst of, you know, falling into conspiracies and rabbit holes and all that stuff, you could watch my testimony to understand what I'm talking about, but I was in the search for the truth. And when I finally came to the truth it blew my entire mind and this is what that truth was jesus answered i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me if you really know me you will know my father as well from now on you do know him and have seen him that's john chapter 14, verse six through seven. It wasn't until I found Jesus, y'all, that I started to discover who I was and I no longer had to identify with the old person that I was, who I never even liked who I was to begin with. You know, like I hated everything about myself. I hated everything about my family. I hated everything about my past. I hated everything about myself honestly like i said i hated my life and it wasn't until i encountered jesus i encountered the love of the holy spirit that i realized like yo i don't have to be this person like i can be a brand new person and with that i was born again i was born again through the holy spirit you know i was baptized in the holy spirit and Now I'm a completely different person and I'm every day becoming the person that I was always intended to be and taking on the identity that my heavenly father bestowed within me when he knit me in my mother's womb in the depths of the earth. And now it's time for you to learn how to become the person that you were always intended to be. A scripture that really spoke to my soul when I read it as I was reading the Gospels for the first time is John chapter 12, verse 25 through 26. And it goes, anyone who loves their life will lose it. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. And that speaks volumes, because a lot of people when they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, immediately, they're like, No, they, they don't want to come to Jesus, because they know that they had to give up their lives. And a lot of people don't want to give up the things of their lives, which is, you know, living worldly, drinking, you know, giving up their family, giving up their friends, giving up relationships. I know that's something that I struggle with, uh, very deeply. And I'm excited to share that with you as well in a later episode, but people struggle with letting go of their old life because they're scared of what they're going to lose. But little do they know that when they let go of their old life, they essentially, you're gonna gain eternity in heaven, but people think that you go to heaven by forfeit i don't I don't understand that like people will literally deny God their entire lives, not even God. They'll deny Jesus Christ because Jesus is the only way to God. So people will deny Jesus their entire lives and for whatever reason think that they're gonna go to heaven what i don't i don't know what people think they're going to do in heaven if you read the bible all you do in heaven is worship god so <laughs> if you're not down to worship him here on earth what you look like going to heaven where that's that's all you're going to do for all eternity like read the book of revelation y'all that's literally all they do, all the angels, all the elders, all the all the creatures, that, that's all they do in heaven is worship God. So if you're not down for that here on earth, like you have absolutely no business in heaven. And that's pretty much how it is. Like if you're not living, if you're not walking the straight and narrow road to get into heaven, you have no business being there. And by, by forfeit, you're going to hell. Like there's no option. There's no other option. There's no, there's no in-between la la land. What is it called? Purgatory. That doesn't exist, y'all. Like and, and people unfortunately don't understand that. And I was people once upon a time. I honestly didn't know what was on the other side of death. I'm I wasn't sure. I, I really believe that maybe it was reincarnation, maybe you know, ascending into another, you know, dimension. <laughs> nah, <laughs> it's literally none of that. And, you know, that all comes with that false identity of, you know, not wanting to be a, held accountable and coming to terms with the fact that you are a sinner and that you are in need of a savior And once you get to that point, that's when you could finally come to the end of your weakness and allow Jesus to become your strength. And you can now take on the identity of Christ that you were always supposed to have instead of trying to be the one who's going to save yourself and you're going to do everything for yourself. You know, it's, It just takes so much weight off of your shoulders, praise God. So uh, yeah, that that scripture just hits so, so deep. Now, I want to talk to you about ways that we can take on the identity of the world, essentially false identities. And to start off with, you could take on false identities through your family and friends. Your family and friends will give you false identities that you, you know, by default just go along with it. And that that can go anywhere from like, you're not going to do anything with your life. You know, if you hear that as a kid, um, if you have bad grades in school and things like that, like your family will literally, speak death over your life speak word curses into your life and you as a kid you're going to come into agreement with it because your parents who are supposed to speak life into you you know uh the bible says that um the tongue holds the power of you know uh life and death that, you know that's kind of paraphrasing it but essentially the things that come out of your mouth going to be what it is you feel me so if you have your parents speaking Negativity over you, your siblings, your friends uh your family members, your aunt, your uncle, your cousin, your grandma, your grandpa, you know you have teachers, you have people speak death over others and they don't even realize what they're doing, and a lot of people take on the lies of the enemy because the the devil works through people, y'all understand that demons. Are working in and through people as well because they don't even know they're demonized. So they're just allowing the demons to do their work because once you come into agreement with those word curses, you now open a door. You now allow a demon to come into your life and dwell in your spirit. That's where rejection comes in. That's where depression, that's where anxiety, that's where even sickness comes in, like that. You know, when people speak that over you and when you speak it over yourself as well. So that's something to really that that's something to think about you know when you're hearing people say things about you um behind closed doors and not you have to be out here uh you don't have to be in spiritual warfare at all top all hours of the day but you do have to pray about it as well rebuking and canceling any agreements with the enemy that you've made from like you know from the womb until now, as well as canceling, you know, word curses that were spoken over you when you weren't around or in conversations that you didn't even hear, like you have to constantly cancel the assignments of the enemy because the enemy is out here to steal kill and destroy okay so things that you may have heard in your life um you know i could just name a few that you're ugly you're fat you're a slut you're lazy you're stupid again like you're never going to do anything with your life and things like that like if those are things that you've heard throughout your life, that definitely can bring in a spirit of depression, like I said, a spirit of rejection, the orphan spirit, and those are things that you need to work on with the Lord, as well as get deliverance for that too. If you um, want to do self-deliverance, I could link some um, links down below so you can do that. As well, so you could get started on receiving your freedom and coming up and out of the identities of the enemy. When you give your life to Christ and start walking in that new identity. So once you realize like, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't none of that, that my family and my friends then told me my exes, my ex-husband, my ex-wife, you know, girlfriend over here and over there. You don't. Once you come into alignment with the identity that Christ has given you, best believe that your friends and your family are gonna be the first ones to try to tell you, "Uh-uh, that ain't you. Why you acting new? Why you acting like that?" And that is when you really need to take a stance and understand that you are not acting no type of way. You are a new creature in Jesus mighty name. Like I said, people will try to tell you who you are and ask why are you acting different? And it's not even you acting different. It's the Holy Spirit that's dwelling within you now. You now have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you Jesus. Come on somebody. And as a Christian, you're called to be Christ-like. So you're going to look like Christ and not like the devil. <laughs> am I free? Am, am, am I preaching? Am I preaching good? Come on, Holy Spirit. I know I know I'm flowing right now, okay? I'm going to my head before I got on here. Do I need another come on somebody? <laughs> come on, somebody, you know? because in all actuality, we're becoming the person we were always meant to be before the world polluted our identity in Christ, okay? So people are gonna say, that you're acting different. Why are you acting new? Why are you being like this? Why are you being like that? Why are you acting like this? Why are you acting like that? And again, when people start coming at you like that, you rebuke it in the mighty name of Jesus. And all you have to say is, I'm Christian, like I'm walking with Jesus Christ. If you don't like the person that God intended me to be, it's all good. I love you. God bless you. Like, you know, you don't have to keep these people in your lives. And that's something that I had to learn in this year and some change that I I have given my life to Christ is that not everyone is going to survive this walk with you. Not everyone is intended to walk this walk with you. So you might have to cut off a lot of friends. You might have to cut off a lot of family members, but you know what? It is what it is because at the end of the day, you're going to have to stand in front of the judge. Come on, somebody, you're going to have to stand in front of Jesus Christ, not as the slain lamb, but as the Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And you're going to have to answer for everything. Not your family, not your mom, not your daddy, not your sister, not your brother, not your uncle, not your cousin, not, not nobody. You alone are going to have to stand in front of the judge and <laughs> you're going to have to speak and you're going to have to, you know. Give an account for everything that you did in life. And you better hope and pray that you're going to make it. Shoot. (laughs) Come on. I'm preaching good, y'all. I'm preaching good. Another scripture I have for you is, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's Galatians chapter two, verse 20, as well as therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone the new is here. Praise God! Thank you, Jesus. That's Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen. So those are two scriptures telling you right there that once you give your life to Christ, it's a done dada for the old you. Okay, because we we walking in here with the Holy Spirit. It is no longer I that lives; that He who lives in me. So now you have just you're essentially a vessel for Jesus. Your personality will shine like the person that God always intended for you to be will be there. But, but you people will now see Christ in you. It's not just, you know, Nicole, it is now christ who lives within nicole so you know i now get to walk in the person that god always intended me to be without all the filthiness of the flesh without you know the devil and his perversion and his evilness living inside of me but now it's the holy spirit that lives inside of me so praise god hallelujah praise the lord thank you jesus (laughs) we gotta give god all the glory come on somebody if you get it you get it you know and i want to give you some other scriptures about Who God says you are. So Psalms 139 verse 14. We said this one earlier. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Amen. Two scriptures that you could read as well to tell you. Who you are in God's eyes is Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Another scripture is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You are chosen. Another scripture is John 15, 15. You are a friend to Christ. Okay. You are Christ's friend, and He is the greatest friend that you could ever have in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Y'all need to get your notebooks out. You better start writing these down. Psalm 178. I am the apple of God's eye. Come on, somebody. Genesis 1, verse 27. I am created in the image of God. I should have started with that one first. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the Lord has plans for me, plans to prosper me and not to harm me, plans to give me hope and a future. And Jeremiah 1 and 5. I am set apart. These are scriptures to have in your arsenal to speak over yourself, especially when you're not feeling it. Cause I, I be feeling like that. Like, I'm not feeling it, Lord. I'm not feeling it. I'm feeling unworthy. I'm not feeling good. Ah, and you start you you start believing what the enemy is whispering into your ears now, uh. Uh-uh. in the mighty name of Jesus, we come against all of that and we need to break down all those strongholds in the mind and we need to come into agreement and into alignment and speak and declare and decree over ourselves the word of God and not the words of the enemy because the devil is a whole liar. You need to always remember that the devil is a whole liar. If what you're feeling and what you're hearing in your mind and saying to yourself does not come into alignment with scripture, it is a lie. It is either a lie that you're telling yourself, or it's either a lie from the enemy that you're about to come into agreement with. And we rebuke that in Jesus name. Like, you need to rebuke your own thoughts as well. It's not always the devil. It's sometimes you, sis. It's sometimes you. So you need to keep your mind on check always. Like, what am I saying about myself? What am I what do I think about myself today? Because your feelings will lie to you, you know, and we can't allow the flesh to be out here trying to run our lives. Because we know that the flesh is out here trying to kill us as well. So, you know get right with that. A scripture to end this part is, if you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you would not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. So best believe that, you know, your family and friends are going to come for you and it is what it is because you know what? You were chosen by Jesus, so <laughs> that's all that matters. You keep a step, and they can hate you. They can hate on you, but they're really hating on Jesus, okay? So remember that. Your family might come at you a little bit crazy, but they're not coming at you. They're coming at Jesus, okay? Okay, because before you were living your life for Jesus, they may have came at you a little bit crazy, but it was because of the person that you were. Now that that Jesus is dwelling within you and you completely different, you acting brand new, allegedly. Now they're coming for Jesus. They're not coming for you. So don't take offense to it. Jesus didn't take offense to it. And that's why he put that in the scriptures. Like, you know, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. So walk with confidence out here in these streets in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. That was John 15, 19. I'm I'm coming at you with scripture. I came prepared, okay? I came prepared. Now, something else that some people, including myself, found their identity in um or still do find their identity in is in their job and accomplishments your title at work or your career is the most important thing in your life you might be the gm of a really huge company and that's like everything that your world revolves around you know you might be a business owner you know and your business is everything to you you know if you lost your business today Uh, you would probably be crushed because some people take their identity as being a business owner, as being an entrepreneur, like that's their identity. Uh, Some people, you know, it's their career as an athlete, as a singer, as a dancer, as a baker, as a this, like their life revolves around their career and what they identify as. There, There's nothing more to them. You know, like people without character. I'm sure we've all met people who literally all they can do is talk about their job. It's like, Damn bro, is there anything else to you? Like, or is that it? You know? So that that's something that's really important. And you need to ask yourself that question, like, yo, if I was to lose this job today, if I if my career was to end for whatever reason, what would be my identity? Would your identity essentially be that job? Or would your would it not change your identity as how you see yourself, which is a a son or daughter of our Heavenly Father. And that's something super important to um, ask yourself and to analyze yourself and to just be real with yourself. Like, you you don't got to tell me. I know. (laughs) I know because I had to ask myself these questions. I'm sharing things that I've went through in the past year that is just like, whoa, like, I've I've tried to find false identities in so many things, so I get it, y'all. Another way that you could be holding onto a false identity is by you know your accomplishments that you've fulfilled in life. Of course, there's nothing wrong with accomplishments, but there is an issue when your identity is based on those accomplishments. Like we hold on to the accomplishments we make in the world and find our worth in the title or that workplace because we don't feel worthy outside of that. You know, so things that you accomplish at your job, things that you accomplish in your career, milestones and things like that. A lot of people get lost in those accomplishments and, you know, they only find their worth in the things that they get praised for. They only find their worth in the things that they get notoriety from or, you know, that plaque on the wall. Like a lot of people find their worth in their college degree. A lot of people find their worth in getting that pay raise and getting that promotion and again there is nothing wrong with accomplishing goals in your life there's nothing wrong with being promoted there's nothing wrong with acceleration in your life but there is an issue when that's where your worth is where where that's your importance is that that's where the issue lies because we shouldn't be finding our worth in worldly things. We should be finding our worth in how Jesus Christ sees us and how God sees us and finding our worth in the spiritual things, you know? So it, it's super important to really take a step back and, and look at yourself and a a heavenly realm perspective per se that's that's the best way to explain it because if we're just kind of looking at ourselves like yo I got this this and this done I'd accomplish this this and that okay cool again if that was taken all away if you never accomplished any of those things what's your worth what's your worth like Would you feel worthy if you didn't get those things done? Would you feel worthy if you didn't accomplish that thing? Would you feel worthy if you didn't graduate from college? Would you feel worthy if you didn't get that promotion? Would you feel worthy if you weren't getting paid what you were getting paid, you know, because I know for a long time, I didn't feel worthy. For not graduating college and i still get hit with that like oh you should graduate college it's like no bro <laughs> like my identity is not in a college degree like i don't want to do that like i know what god has called me to do and a college degree is not it <laughs> i'm getting back with y'all come on and, and, but i'm just being 100 like it was just not for me and I had to learn the hard way wasting three years of my life that it was not for me like I really gave it a try I really gave it a solid go and I just I couldn't stand it but again that was just me you know that that was me as well like when I was trying to get into makeup like I I was really trying to find an identity my identity and makeup granted I still do a little bit of makeup, but it's not the way it used to be. Like I really wanted to have my own makeup brand. I wanted to run a makeup business. I wanted to do all those things, but I was doing it for all the wrong reasons. My identity as a makeup artist, I didn't even like doing makeup on other people. Like, you know, that was just like my identity as a makeup artist was just pretty much trying to to find worth and validation from the world because I felt unworthy. So I felt the need to paint my face and show people that I I can cover up everything and I could look beautiful with makeup on. And my worth was in my makeup. My worth was in my artistry. And that's why I put down the, the makeup brushes and stopped doing my makeup the way I used to like two, three years ago, because I just didn't find my identity in that anymore. I didn't need it anymore. When I gave my life to Jesus, I realized that I don't have to paint the pain away. I don't have to put on makeup to hide my emotions. I don't have to put on makeup to hide who I really am because Jesus allowed me to be who I really am. I didn't have to put on a front or a show for anybody because I now have my true identity in Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Y'all, I'm preaching good. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching good. You don't got to tell me. (laughs) But you know, there we have so many examples of this in the Bible. And a, a great example is the Pharisees and their status. They really held on to their status so hard and they were so jealous of losing that status and losing their accomplishments and all these things because Jesus was around changing everything up and you know people were starting not to care so much for the Pharisees so they were losing their minds and they were not having it so much so that they killed Jesus of course it is fulfilling prophecy but at the end of the day like as you read the scriptures and you <laughs> you just see how the Pharisees are it's like y'all really ain't had to kill our Lord and Savior, like you really didn't, but you did <laughs> you did, so, for example, we go to scripture, uh John chapter twelve verse seventeen through nineteen. Now, the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said <laughs> to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. So they were tight. They were jealous because they were losing status. And that that's what it is to find your identity, not in, in God, but Finding your identity in your job and your career and your accomplishment to them, it's it was, you know, being a Pharisee, being a, a head leader inside of a synagogue, inside of a church, you know, what you could, if you don't know what a Pharisee is, uh, you could think about it as like um, you know, like the priests you know, the pastors and things like that. And and that happens a lot. Like, just because you have this certain type of power, and and I'm just talking about in like a religious type of form, you think you're better. You think you're better. And that's your identity, just like, you know, politicians and celebrities and things like that. This is what I mean. Like it, it's not just constricted to your regular nine to five. It's just like people get lost in the sauce with the titles that they have in the career that they work in and that's where their worth is. And that's not how we're supposed to live. That's not our identity. And the way to, to check yourself is if I didn't have this, if this wasn't my title, would I still feel worthy? Would I still find my, is my worth rooted in that, or is my worth rooted in Christ? Mic drop. Another scripture to pretty much show how wild sauce these Pharisees were, um, is continuing that same chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 42 through 46. Yet at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him. Him is Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. Lord, have mercy. Sounds like a lot of people I know. Then Jesus cried out, whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Come on, somebody. you yo, 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 yo. You cannot read the gospels and not be shook. Okay? That's all I have to say. You can't read the the you can't read the gospel and not be shook. I'm leaving it there let's move on to the next topic i'm blessing you with another scripture to end this segment he said to them you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others but god knows your hearts what people value highly is the is detestable in god's sight that's luke 16 verse 15 y'all so if you're looking at your accomplishments and you're looking at all the things that you know you you put value into your work and what you do and all the all that stuff know that God probably finds that detestable because what you deem as good and awesome and amazing if it doesn't align with God's word then it probably isn't. So on to the next topic. (laughs) Next is identity in relationships. And that could go for a whole bunch of things, you know, uh, being a wife, being a husband, being a parent, being a daughter, being a sister, being a brother, identity in relationships, including even like friendships, you know, like, Oh, um, you you compromise for these people. You uh, had to change the who you are and who Jesus is calling you to be in order to be around these people. Like you have to change the way you talk. You have to change the way you act. You have to, um, you know, be mindful of the things you say when you're around these people because you don't want them to feel a type of way because of your belief system. And that is not it, y'all. Especially when you're in ungodly relationships as well. That was a big, big one for me. Like I wasn't in too many ungodly relationships to count. But my recent one, the Lord literally had had to call me out of that ungodly relationship because I was hellbound for sure. And I was compromising my identity in Christ for that person because they continued to live in sin. Meanwhile, I was battling demonic spiritual warfare for both myself and him, but he wasn't doing the warfare for himself. So, you know, it was a hindrance for sure. And my identity was so rooted in being someone's girlfriend in being someone's fiance and being someone's potential wife that I lost sight of. Maybe God has better for me. Maybe I got into this relationship and it wasn't meant for me. Like I made these, this decision to be in this relationship when I wasn't living for Christ. So now that I am living for Christ, is this relationship actually for me? Or am I staying in this relationship? Because it's comfortable. And that's what it was in all actuality. I was comfortable. There was also fear of being alone. There was a very deep fear of being alone. There was a There was also a financial fear attached to that as we shared bills, we we paid things together. So when it came time, when the Lord told me like, hey, you gotta get up out of this, I was like, how am I supposed to afford rent, food, gas, (laughs) car payments, everything? Like, how am I supposed to pay for this all on my own? And best believe the Lord provided for me no questions asked, like praise God, you know? So these relationships that we're in can really lead us astray from the people Jesus is calling us to be. Because when we're around our family, when we're around boyfriend and girlfriend, whatever, or, um, you know, significant others, when we're around friends as well, especially friends that are not saved, There's a, you know, there's pushback because it's like they want to go out clubbing, drinking, and you know, curse and do all this stuff. But you're called to live differently. You're set apart, just like the scripture that we read earlier. You're set apart. You are a chosen priesthood. Like you can't be on that same wave as them because you're called to go up to up to heaven. You're called to do the the works of Jesus Christ. He, he's the one that's living through you. So it's just like imagine you go out drinking, you're smoking, you're partying, you're acting a, a whole dang fool, but the Holy Spirit lives within you. Like, would you do that if Jesus was standing with you? Would you do that if Jesus was with you the entire time? Probably not. But we don't honor that the Holy Spirit is living within us. We I, we forget that the Holy Spirit is living within us. And I forget too sometimes, y'all. I forget too sometimes. Sometimes I let my flesh get the best of me. You know, I let out an F-bomb that, you know, I got to repent for later on in life, you know? But it's just like, we need to realize that when we're surrounded by family members who don't have the same reverence for the Holy Spirit who aren't walking that life you had to make a choice for real for real like this holiday season I had to make a choice that you know I can't be spending holidays with my family like It is what it is. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I I try my best not to curse. I don't listen to worldly secular music. I am really sold out for Jesus and I'm doing my best to walk that straight and narrow path because at the end of the day, I had to answer for everything that I do in my life. I have to not my mom, not my sister, not my brother, not my ex-fiancé, not my best friends who are <laughs> who aren't in my life anymore. Like no one's going to answer for the sins and the things that I've done in my life except for me. And the person my my advocate is going to be the Holy Spirit. My my lawyer is Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross. So you guys really need to understand that the people you surround yourself with, you're going to probably most likely end up messing around in the stuff that they're messing around with. So if your family is unsaved, if your family's unsaved and you know you want to be around them so you could try to preach the gospel to them and do all that good stuff, God bless you. Do what you got to do. But at the end of the day, you have to set those boundaries for yourself and realize like, hey, Sometimes I just got to take this into my secret place, pray about it with the Lord and call it a day. Like you, you can't keep surrounding yourself around people who clearly see that you're walking with the Lord and have no reverence for your walk with the Lord. You know, it's not to force them to be like you or do the things that you're doing. That's not what it is. You're called to be an example. You're you're called to walk the Christian walk so you can be a light in the darkness you are a light on a hill you know you don't take that lightly you are an ambassador of heaven you are an ambassador of jesus christ so when you're out here walking these streets like obviously it's not to put on an act for nobody but if you're Christian, be Christian. You feel me? We're not supposed to blend in with the world. We're supposed to stand apart in the mighty name of Jesus. So just remember that for real. Some scripture to back this up, y'all. The cost of being a disciple. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. That is Luke 14 verse 26 through 27. So Jesus Christ says it plain and simple. You literally have to drop your family. It doesn't mean that, you know, your mom's not going to be your mom. Your dad's not going to be your dad. You know, your siblings not going to be your siblings, but at the end of the day, You can't choose your family over Jesus. You can't choose your friends over Jesus. You can't choose your job over Jesus. You can't be on that energy. You have to choose Jesus or don't even bother. That's it. Because we're all called to be disciples. If you're Christian, you're you're essentially called to be a disciple. And what that means is you out here casting out demons, praying, praying in tongues. You might not be praying in tongues and casting out demons now, but allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life in the mighty name of Jesus. And you will be doing all of that because we're called to do all those things. Come on, somebody. I, I'm preaching good. <laughs> I'm preaching good. If you're not willing to lay down your own life literally verbatim, even their own life such a person cannot be my disciple like you have to let it all go let it all go and i know that's something that i struggle with is especially letting go of my family because i want them to be saved and it's just like they can be saved but that doesn't mean that you're gonna save them you are not gonna save them jesus christ is gonna save them hallelujah praise the lord So it's just like, you don't have to carry that burden. And that's something I was literally holding on to until this week, y'all. I was confronted, the Holy Spirit confronted me in such, just so out in the open, I was completely shocked. And the Lord literally had to tell me like, for real, let go of your family. Like, for real, let go go of your family because you're holding on to them like this. I know you want them to be saved, but it's not up to you for them to be saved. It's up to me to save them. And the the Holy Spirit rebuked me hard. I was just like, heard. (laughs) Say less. (laughs) I heard you. You got it, Jesus. You got it. I don't want no smoke. I I don't want it. I don't want it. So praise God. You know that happened, but That is definitely for another uh, podcast, but I'm telling y'all your identity cannot be in your family and your friendships and your relationships. Like your identity has to be rooted in Christ so you can walk this thing out for real, for real, because if you're just focused on what people are What what you provide for people in relationships that's outside of Christ, you're always going to be a people pleaser. You're going to always feel rejected. You're always going to feel unloved. You're always going to feel like you're being manipulated even. like It just goes into so many things. So just save yourself the heartache and start focusing on Jesus and everything else will flow out from there. I pray that this is really blessing y'all. Come on, somebody. I wish somebody would have told me this. <laughs> praise God. But everything comes with experience. And with that comes wisdom, knowledge, understanding, you know, the spirit of counsel and might praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The fear of the Lord at that. And, you know, it's just a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Next topic is identity in your spirituality. Now, for me, it all started with witchcraft, tarot cards, the palm readings, all that demonic stuff. You know, um, I was into watching uh, ghost shows and all of that. I wanted to be a ghost hunter once upon a time. <laughs> But yeah, I was scared of the dark. So it's just like, the demons didn't want me to go that route. I was interested in the demons, but the demons were like, don't come looking for us, sis. Like, you know, so I, I feel that because they knew I had the anointing. They knew I, I was I was called to, to cast out demons in the mighty name of Jesus. But I just didn't know then because, you know, the devil was trying to keep me away from seeking Jesus you see other things where people can find their identity in um you know this is witchcraft and then what comes under witchcraft cuz witchcraft um is a lot of things witchcraft is manipulation so manipulation of your identity um including with horoscopes you know a lot of people really identify themselves as like this this star in the sky that has these characteristics what (laughs) like and and on top of that jesus jesus god created the stars so (laughs) come on somebody help help me help me (laughs) so horoscopes is a huge way that a lot of people open the door first of all to the demonic realm and um they find their identity in the the month and day that they were born, the season, what have you, and all this stuff. And it and it gets really, really deep, even going down to like natal charts. And I I think that's what it's called. Who who cares? Anyways, um, so that's a way, uh, as well as tarot card readings. Telling you your future and things like that, demonic palm readings, telling you your past, your present, your future, demonic. You know, if, if it's not from the Holy Spirit, is it's a is an evil spirit. You could you could take that back to Deuteronomy and Leviticus if you want to argue with the Holy Spirit about that. Come on, somebody. So yeah, as well as, you know, like meditation, you know, people empty out their, their minds and allow whatever to tell them whatever. And it's just like, uh uh-uh. And I'm speaking this from experience because I used to do this. So I'm not telling you nothing I haven't personally experienced. This is literally experience backed by scripture. So praise the Lord. Again, take it to the Bible. If you got problems, take it to God. If you you have any questions, take it to the Holy Spirit because I don't got time. (laughs) as well as affirmations. A lot of people uh, go to affirmations to create this identity of themselves thinking that, oh, if I ask the universe and I do this witchcraft and I write 60 times, I am, I am confident. I am this, I am that, I am this, I am that. It's just like, (laughs) why don't you ask God who you are? You know, why don't you go to the Bible to find out who you are? You feel me? That's a way of manipulation and how witchcraft is used to give you a false identity. And that's literally the devil just working on you to, you know, make you believe that you're this, this and that. Another way that people identify, like create false identities around spirituality is in, um, how much you read your Bible and pray. Like, People think that, you know, if I read my Bible five hours a day and pray, you know, for six hours, like they're going to become some like amazing thing. And it's just like, dude, God is going to use you how God is going to use you. Praise the Lord that, you know, you're reading your Bible and you're praying and you're really diligent about it. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're called to be. You know diligent about it but it's also just like a lot of people like to throw it in other people's faces definitely just be mindful of course you want to spend time with the lord you want to read his word of course you want to pray because how else are you going to hear from god how else are you going to find out your identity is through prayer and through reading the word that god is going to reveal himself to you and his characteristics and you'll you'll learn to know like when god is speaking to you cuz you'll know his word cuz you're reading it you'll know when he's speaking to you because you spend time with him Another thing that people might use as a way to um, create a false identity around spirituality is how often they fast as well as where you serve in the church. So, Um, people may say like, oh, if you don't fast for like three, four days or 21 days or 40 days, like you're not spiritual, blah, blah, blah. And like some people think that if they do fast that long, like they're going to ascend into heaven or something like they're Elijah. And it's like, yo, we're all called to fast. So it's like, (laughs) same thing with serving at a church, you know, people base their identity on where they serve in the church. Like, oh, if they're not, in this role or that role or they're not in this type of leadership or they feel like they're unseen they don't feel important it's just like that's an identity issue that's an identity issue because you know people feel like they deserve more than what they're given They deserve they deserve to be in a called a different thing and that also ties into like the career and the job, and the achievements, and things like that. Like So many people get lost in the sauce with their identity in the career and role. So that's just a few of the ways that people could get lost in the sauce in um their identity with spirituality. And some scripture to kind of back this up is Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, that is personally one of the scariest Bible verses ever. And that just goes to show like people who find their identity and their spirituality. And it's just like exactly how it says, Lord, Lord, did, did we not prophesy in your name? Lord, Lord, did we not do this in your name? Did we not do that in your name? And that's just like people basing their identity in, their spirituality because it's just like but I did this I did this I did this in your name I did this in your name that's you basing your identity in your spirituality because it's just like you didn't even know Jesus while you were doing any of that though Mm, you get it you get it it's all about the relationship that you have with him because when you have a relationship with him your identity is in Christ because he dwells within you so yes the Lord is gonna have grace and use you to do things through you like casting out demons and prophesying and doing all this stuff but it's just like what is your relationship with Jesus looking like though because if you're only showing up to church on Sundays and you know you're living lukewarm the rest of the the rest of your life you know the rest of the week it's like okay, you could prophesy. That's awesome. You cast out demons. Cool. But do you even talk to the Lord? And I'm over here, I'm preaching to myself. It's like, Lord, do I talk to you enough? Do I do what I need to do in the secret place? Like, do I read my Bible enough? And sometimes I, I can feel like I need to do more. I need to do more. Like I need to fast more. I need to uh, you know, serve in every which way. Like whenever they ask me to serve, I'm going to serve. You feel me? But it's just like, I do it because I love Jesus. I, and I want to serve my church. I want to read my Bible because I want to be with Jesus. I want my relationship with Jesus to grow so much deeper. I just don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to say that I do these things, but when it really is just me alone in my room. Like, am I really talking to Jesus though? Am I really praying? Am I really bringing my issues and, and my problems to him? Or am I just like acting Christian, you know, for the world? And then I'm, my prayer life and, my Bible reading isn't that strong. And I'm not going to lie y'all. I still struggle with re- like praying every day. I still struggle with reading my Bible every day. Trust me. Trust me. It's not something that comes easy. Like you have to tell yourself, get up, go pray and go read your Bible. <laughs> like you really have to come at your flesh crazy because your flesh is always going to fight you to do these things. So Listen, if you're struggling in those areas too, I can just recommend to you have to discipline yourself to just do it. Just do it. Even if you listen to the Bible, listen to the Bible app then. I do it. I do it. I do it. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read along as you, as you, you know, as I listen to it. You feel me? And I, I just listen to it too because you're still receiving the word, even though you're not physically reading it you're still receiving the word so praise god i'm definitely you know spending a lot of time here but hey i think this is just i think it's really important to talk about because i feel like a lot of people just don't talk about this or don't receive the word like this because you know they feel like they're, they're being preached at by people who have been, you know, pastors and leaders for mad long. And listen, I'm undercovering by my church V1. So everything that I'm talking to y'all about that, I'm, that I'm telling you, listen, (laughs) I, I would not say anything that's wrong. And if I am, I will gladly take it to my pastors and be like, Hey, is this right? Is this wrong? But I am backing this up with scripture so I know what I'm talking about. I take my walk with the Lord very serious. So I would just say get with the church, get under some covering, read your Bible, and let me know if I'm if I'm capping. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm gonna leave it right there. Hey, family. Sorry for the interruption. We had some technical difficulties recording this portion of the podcast and did not realize it until now when I'm editing it. But I just wanted to finish the episode and close it out with some encouraging words. So, Thank you so much for listening thus far and I hope you enjoyed this episode. The next topic where we find our false identity is in social media. How big your following is? How many followers do you have? How many subscribers do you have? How many likes do you have? How many comments do you get? How many shares do you get? It's all about numbers when it comes to social media and your reach and your following and your community and all this stuff and that's all good and gravy until comparison comes into the picture you know and the bible says a lot about comparison and we could go to second corinthians verse 10 chapter 10 verse 12 and it says we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with someone who commend themselves When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. So a lot of us are pretty much not wise if we're looking at X, Y, and Z to compare what God is doing through us compared to them because we don't know the spirit that they are you know, that they're moving in, you know, and even if it is the Holy Spirit, like what God has for you is what God has for you. Like the grass isn't always green on the other side, the grass is greener where you water it. Come on, somebody. So it's just like if you're so focused on what somebody else is doing next to you, then you're missing what God has in store for you. And I say this because I struggle with this. <laughs> I struggle with this. You know, I look at my following, I look at how many views I get. Um, I look at my subscribers and I look at these things and it's just like, you know what? I can't be mad because somebody who started their podcast or their YouTube channel around the same time that I did has more subscribers and, you know, more views and all that stuff because they're consistent and they're doing the work as opposed to me. Like, you know, it's off and on and I can't be mad at anyone else because I'm sleeping on what God gave me. So it's like, are you sleeping on what God gave you? Because baby, baby. Don't get mad when someone else is watering the the seeds that God has given them, you know, and vice versa. Like the enemy will flaunt what what he's doing in order to entrap you and ensnare you and to keep you away from what God has for you. Like we're not going to act like the devil didn't try to tempt Jesus by offering him the whole world as if Jesus didn't know that he already owned the whole world. So that's another way to, you know, just be mindful of what you're doing on social media. Like don't compare what you have to other people. Don't compare your life to what people show you on social media. People don't show you the ugly, the bad, the ugly. They show you the cute days when I go out, when I got money, when I get paid. They don't show you when they're they're about to get evicted from their apartment. They don't show you when they're arguing with their significant other or when their kids are literally You know when they're fist fighting with their kids like you don't know what they you don't know what people are going through behind closed doors you feel me so you could post anything on social media you can make anyone believe that you're living your best life you know and you're really miserable you're depressed and you're suicidal like (laughs) there's so many people who who seem like they're living the best life next thing you know they jumped off a a 20-story building you have billionaires you have all types of people committing suicide. And it's just like, you would think that they have everything, but it's just like, they don't. They have the following, they have the wealth, they have the status, they have the fame, they have the fortune, everything that you want. And then they hate their lives. You feel me? So do not, I repeat, do not (laughs) create an identity around social media i'm not saying that social media is bad social media is good we can we have a, a way to preach the gospel and reach millions of people at their fingertips you know like jesus had to do a whole lot <laughs> you know he had to um walk from place to place. Now we could just post a a 60 second reel and bring someone to salvation. You never know, you never know. You could cast a demon out in a video. Up and out in Jesus name. That's it, the demon's out, you know, it's amazing. So it's just like, there's good and bad to everything. And it's just like, you cannot find your identity in, likes and comments and things like that because when the phone is turned off and you're laying in bed trying to find purpose in your life y'all it's not easy I've been there I've been there that's why I'm telling you I've been there it's not easy so make sure that you're not so worried about do people like me do people like what i have to offer don't worry about that you need to worry about does god like you does jesus like you jesus loves you but are you making a change for jesus or are you making a change for your audience Mm. Mm. are you doing things for jesus or are you doing things for the audience are you doing things for the likes are you doing things for the paychecks come on somebody oh i'm preaching good and that brings us to our next topic identity in money your worth is based on how much or how little money you have so a lot of people base their you know their worthiness based on how much money they have in the bank account and that this is something that i am guilty of as well i struggle with this in my own life as well. I, I don't understand, like, why can't I get this financial breakthrough? Why can't, you know, I have money like other people. And it's just like, I, I find myself feeling overwhelmed and, you know, coming into agreement with lack, lack, lack. And it's like, don't worry in due time. I'm you going to get yours. I get caught up in my identity in money sometimes as well and it's just a constant reminder that my identity is not in my wealth my identity is not in how much money i have in the bank account my identity is rooted in christ and that's something that you need to continue to tell yourself because you're breaking word curses off of your life you're breaking assignments of the enemy off of your life you're canceling them and rendering them powerless in the mighty name of jesus you are creating new thoughts and new processes compared to what you've been telling yourself for years and years and years you know so it's breaking that bad habit of coming into agreement with the lies of the enemy that was planted years ago but you keep telling yourself the same lies and you know you're allowing it to happen but yeah a lot of people Um, create a false identity around their money, how much or how little they have in the bank account, as well as people try to flex on others with their real wealth or or fake wealth. You know, it's like, this is how much I have. I I have a Mercedes, I have a Lambo, I have this, I have that, you know, and their identity is in the things that they have, the materialistic things they have. It's kind of like celebrities, you know, like they base their entire, identity around the things that they have, the cars, the guns, the drugs, the money, the women, the sex, and and the music, and all the followers, and all the fans, and all this stuff, but it's like, we all know that they're usually not that happy behind closed doors. And that's what i mean what is your identity where where is your real identity at because if it's not if your identity is not in jesus you will never be fulfilled you will never be happy i refuse to hear anything other than that because i've been there done that come on somebody another way that people have a false identity in money is by manipulating other people with their money so people use their money uh to manipulate other people to, you know, do things that they wouldn't really do. Everyone has a price, meaning everyone is willing to do anything for a certain amount of money. That's essentially that. It's that witchcraft manipulation using money. Money is a way to get people to do things that they wouldn't really do. Um, you know, so people find power in having money. They they feel like, oh, with with this money now i could be a completely different person i could do this this and that but in reality that's not the person they were ever they truly were before the money as well as people who lack money and when you lack money sometimes people come into agreement with the feelings that come with it and that now becomes their identity meaning that they feel worthless now they think they are worthless because they're not bringing in thousands of dollars every day You also have feeling unimportant. Now you're coming into agreement with you're unimportant, you're depressed, you're ashamed, and you feel like a failure. You, instead of feeling that like that, now you're taking on those personality traits and now you're always speaking that over yourself like, oh, I'm not going to do enough. I'm not going to do anything. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm a failure, I'm this, I'm that. You literally start speaking death over your life. You feel me? So that's another way that you create a false identity around money. There's a story in the Bible of the rich man and Lazarus. Luke chapter 16, starting at verse 19. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. I wonder where he's at. Hmm. (laughs) But Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things, but now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. Sheesh, he answered. Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead, Lord have mercy. Y'all there is so much to unpack there, but essentially repentance is the only way that is gonna keep you out of out of hell, as simple as that. And the last part is <laughs> they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. It's so funny because Jesus died, and in that time frame that he was he was real dead. He wasn't dead actually. Physically he was dead. But in the spirit he was he was getting the keys of hell, okay? And then he was resurrected again preaching that that repentance preach, okay? So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There are people that you and I both know who are burning in hell right now for all eternity, in agony, in torment, wishing they would have repented, wishing they would have said yes to Jesus when they heard the preachers preaching, when they heard videos like this telling them to repent, to turn away from their sins, and they didn't. So that's a story for (laughs) y'all. Again, that is Luke chapter 16, starting at verse 19. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And one last scripture for the money section which is no one can serve two masters either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve both god and money that is matthew chapter 6 verse 24 and some final scriptures for you to you know hold on to and really ponder on is uh, Matthew chapter six, verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There you go, y'all. So if your heart is in the wrong places, then that's where your treasure is going to be as well. So if it's in your family, if it's in your social media, if it's in your workplace, if it's in your bank account, then there's things we need to work on. <laughs> and last but not least, 2 Corinthians um, chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, in heaven he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We need to truly, truly honor our Lord and Savior for everything that he did for us. Praise God. He literally... God really came down in the flesh to save us. Like, <laughs> is that not enough? He sent his one and only son. He literally bankrupt heaven just so that we can be able to have eternal life with him. Come on, somebody. The Lord gave the best of the best of the best of the best so that we could have a chance to live in heaven with him. Come on, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So just remember this, y'all. Discovering your identity in Christ comes from spending time with Him. It comes from spending time with Jesus Christ, okay? He will reveal Himself to you and things that you couldn't even imagine, you couldn't even fathom, y'all. It can come in many ways to how He reveals Himself to you through the Holy Spirit. Um. You know, it could, it all starts with prayer and reading scripture, of course, you know, worshiping as well. Praise the Lord. Listening to sermons, the Holy Spirit can also give you visions. You could also um, be given prophetic words and dreams. Like the Holy Spirit can move, however, he wants like it's it's God (laughs) you know God could God could speak to you however he wants he'll reveal himself to you and he'll reveal who you are to him through his word through prayer through scripture like I said through sermons and things like that so just make sure you really press in and just find out who God has called you to be and who you truly are in the eyes of the Lord in Jesus mighty name never forget that you are daughters and sons of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of our Heavenly Father. Okay, so I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you forever. God bless you all. I pray that this truly blessed you. If you're ready to give your life to Jesus, please, y'all, do it. If you feel led, do it. Do it. Do it. It is the greatest decision you will ever make. Repent, come to the Lord humbly and just tell him that you're a sinner you know you're a sinner you're admitting that you're a sinner and you need a lord and savior and you accept jesus christ as your lord and savior to cleanse you of your sins you know and you believe that he died on the cross for you and he rose again on the third day so you could have eternal life through him so And to have a relationship with your Heavenly Father who created you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you are going to do such amazing things on this earth. But first, give your life to Jesus. Surrender it all to him and allow him to use you. Praise the Lord. I love you all so, so much make sure to share this video with someone who seriously needs to hear this message who's having an identity crisis (laughs) lord have mercy you know like share subscribe um if you like to donate make sure to donate the links are all listed down below as well as shop at rootsandfaith.com you could buy anointing oil you could buy handmade incense that are amazing for your time in prayer and for reading your Bible and to give as gifts as well. Um, And I also have my blessed body butter inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I know it's gonna do amazing, amazing things for you. I've already already seen such incredible changes in my skin and my hair and my face. So I know it's truly gonna bless you all as well. I love you and I will see you on the next one. Bye.